2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk.
1: It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: Hey everybody! Welcome into Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zulga, Declan Goff. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And a quick shout out before we get into a few things on this training camp notes edition, including NFL power rankings from ESPN's NFL Nation. Where should the Vikings fall going in uh, with with a couple weeks of of spring tra- spring training of training camp? My sports mind is just messed up in 2020. But Federated Insurance has been helping business owners. I know I know enough to know that Federated is a great partner to local business owners in the state of Minnesota. And you can find a full list of industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And we appreciate the partnership here on Purple Daily and across Score North. So if you're a business owner out there and you just want a little bit more frontline protection, Peace of mind, shielding against everyday challenges, federatedinsurance.com. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. So, all right, let's get into this. We'll get into uh, some news and notes from training camp. But let's start with, we like ranking things on this show. Hell yeah. (laughs) And ESPN's NFL Nation, so the collection of all the ESPN writers. I don't think they have 32 anymore because I think they had some cuts, but they definitely cover all 32 teams with like 20 writers or something, including our friend Courtney Cronin on the Friday episodes of Purple Daily. Where do you guys think? Have you guys looked at these rankings yet?
1: I, I saw where the Vikings are. I did too.
0: Okay. I did too. I saw where the
2: Vikings were. I did not look at the rest. Okay. So let's. I'll just scroll through here. Kansas City is number one. Not super shocking. They have also put for each team who is in the hot seat, which player is in the hot seat. So there a couple things to parse apart here. Kansas City, number one. Yep. Baltimore, number two. Yep. Any disagreements there? It was, Pretty that, clearly the two sounds, best teams Kansas in the Kansas City won. Yeah, no. That's yep. fine. San Francisco, 3 not going to argue that, especially what happened to the Vikings when they went to San Francisco in the playoffs. Uh, New Orleans, on the hot seat for them, Drew Brees. Interesting. Seattle Seahawks at number five. Number six, Buccaneers. That's pretty high. Uh, that's, pretty high. The Seahawks also might be too high.
1: Mm,
2: you and I always disagree hey. about the Seahawks. Yeah, we do, but I think I'm right now. Okay. Packers, number seven. Ooh. No, that's uh, that's no. Aggressive. No. aggressive. No. Cowboys number
0: eight, Titans nine, Vikings ten. Your thoughts. I think the Cowboys are probably too low. The Packers are too high. Seattle, I think, is, is too high. Tampa Bay, I need to see more. But here's the thing about, so this is one sport where trying to, and th- this exercise is fun, so it's fine, but we're trying to rank teams in in the National Football League, to me, is incredibly difficult because of the fluctuation of probably between the two conferences. There's going to be four teams that just shock you. Like, there's always going to be two that pop up, and you're like, where did they come from? And then there's going to be two where you think to yourself, that's a pretty good team, and they fall flat. Um, But, yeah, my initial inclination is I do – I think Dallas, with the coaching change, and I like Dak, I think Dallas is probably higher – or. They should be higher than they are in that ranking. And I got to be honest, I don't know what to make of Green Bay. And and I will take that comment to the entire NFC North. I don't know what to make of the entire division. I'm not sure I like it that much. I feel Uh, like Chicago has been the same team
2: for my whole life. Yes. No, but I'm saying as a whole, though, do, do you think
0: that this is a I don't think this division for 2020 right now is really that good.
2: See, I actually think it's very formidable, and I think, I think people tend to just write the Lions off, but Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. They've, I, I think the Lions, as like the lowest rung, I'm not saying that they're going to be 11-5, and five, but I, I think the Lions are formidable. Th- they're coached by a moron. They're formidable. The Lions are a formidable team. You don't just roll over the Lions like you did 10 years ago. I think
0: that's been changing the last couple of years. I think you actually do now. Now you did a couple of years ago.
2: I feel like the Lions, like was it a couple of years ago? The Lions lost like seven games with the lead or something,
0: right? Because they <laughs> In the were second half because they were reverting to okay, but their but true they're form. not getting
2: beat forty to ten every week. <laughs> Chic- they're still getting beat. Chicago has. A playoff caliber defense and if they can just figure something out offensively. Yeah, I think and he, Green Bay went thirteen and three last year. Right, so even but, if they regress to ten and six, like they're still a playoff
0: But team. I think Green Bay is gonna I don't think that the Green Bay was a true 13 win team in Chicago. Agreed. I'm very curious to see N- Nagy got off to a really good start in Chicago and they looked really strong. And then we started to see some problems there, quarterback and coaching. And the Vikings I can't decide on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not going to be surprised if if this is a down year for that division.
2: The Bears on this list are 22nd, and the Lions are 25th for the record. Yeah. I think the Packers are too high, too. But I also think, like, now it's almost like we're going the other way. It's like everyone agrees the Packers weren't a real 13-3 and team last year, and everyone agrees that they probably shouldn't be ranked, except for the NFL Nation writers, 7th out of 32 teams. But I almost feel like we're going the other way too much now, where it's like the Packers are garbage. No, I mean— if the Packers would have went ten and six or eleven and five last year, I think more people would have felt better about their placement as a com- a competitive team in the NFC. But like the narrative is, is swung so far to like they're just not a thirteen and three team, right? But they have Aaron Rodgers and they're probably
1: still I'm a not ten and six. Or I'm not sure. Team.
0: I'm not sure their coach is great though. I just don't know with them.
2: I, I've got question yeah. marks. Drafting a quarterback and trading up for a quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers in the middle of Aaron Rodgers' like yeah. last contract seems to be a problematic. And thing. then you and don't then a running back when you already have Aaron Jones. Like I didn't get it. It's all you very weird. Don't
0: go get you don't go get the uh, quarterback the necessary help that you should have and could have, which yeah. is odd. The Packers are not nearly as well run as they were five. Eight years back, like they were at one time, I thought incredibly uh, smart and savvy. And, and then uh, Ted Thompson lost his fastball at some point in time there, and they've never really come back. So I just don't. I don't know. The the one thing in this conference that I believe, and I could be uh, proven wrong here, but the one thing that I do believe is that Dallas is going to be a really good team. I I do agree with that. I like what Dallas has. I think I think if the coaching change is going to help. They've got a lot of parts and a quarterback that could make them a, that could, if they win 13 games, I'm not going to be absolutely shocked by that. So our friend
2: Courtney, she has Pat Elfline as the who's on the hot seat. And by the way, it can be anyone. It can be player, coach, coordinator, like for the Packers, um, ESPN.com. Is it still uh, our guy, Damofsky? Who's writing yep. for the yep. Packers? Rob Damofsky. Yep, Damofsky has Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator on the hot seat for Ooh. the Packers. Well, I mean, get your defense I like it. No, I like it. So, so uh, Pat Elfline is on the hot seat for the Vikings. And Courtney writes, Elfline entering a contract year, so the way he performs in his move to right guard will be critical to his future in Minnesota, and I would even add beyond for any other team looking to sign him. Uh, he struggled in his uh, move from center to left guard. There's been injury issues. So do you guys agree, of all the coaches and players on the Vikings in 2020, who should be on the hot seat? Is it Pat Elfline? Is he most on the hot seat? I mean, Zimmer and Spielman just got contract extensions, so it's pretty tough to put
0: those guys on the hot seat. Yeah, but I don't really care about Elfline. I mean, if he fails, he's going to be discarded like a, like a deck chair on a ship. They're just going to throw him off, and who cares? I'd like to have more fun with this. I'm going to give you guys a name. Anthony Barr. Okay. Anthony Barr. Zim's guy. Beyond Teddy, his first ever... First round pick, taken first, um, I believe ninth overall after the trade with Cleveland in that draft, right? Anthony Barr's, and he came back here, he got a contract uh, which pays him pretty damn well, right? I think Anthony Barr is going to be a guy that we would all, including the coaching staff possibly, like to see more from. Like Courtney's not wrong, Elf Line is. But he's a guard. He's going to be, um, no pun intended here, discarded quickly if he can't do the job. And I I wasn't trying.
2: Discarded, but I see what you did there.
0: I'm not trying to be funny here, but I am. But anyway, uh, I'm going to say bar.
2: Declan, what do you think? Who should be most on the hot seat?
1: It's probably Elfine. I I don't want to put this guy on the hot seat. It's more he's under the microscope and it's Mike Hughes. Like if Mike Hughes, he's not really on a hot seat. He's going to give every opportunity to succeed because he's, if do de facto, the number one corner on, on this team. But I'm really curious if he's either not healthy or if he can't perform up to his level, that if they just ditch it and they have to go up to Gladney or Dantzler and, and Holton Hill and just be like, well, man, we whipped on Mike Hughes. I'm really curious to see what Mike Hughes does in training camp because he hasn't stayed healthy. He's showed some flashes when he's been able to he's stay good on the compliant. field. Yeah, he's good. But I, I do think there's there's definitely a microscope that I would put under Mike Hughes.
2: So we've got hot seats and microscopes. I think you guys are actually overthinking this a little bit. Okay. The hot seat to me is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, guaranteed money runs out after 2021. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't run out, but his cap, his dead cap in 2020. (laughs) The clock is ticking, Kirk. I mean, his his dead cap. Pop quiz, hot shot. You can get rid of him after 2021. And so if he doesn't help the Vikings take a step or if if he were to take a step back and regress in some form, what would happen is the Vikings front office in Rick Spielman and company would start to look at him and start to look for an exit strategy right now they've committed to they've committed to a contract and a restructure and guarantee money through two thousand and twenty one that makes it really hard to trade him but if he takes a step back, they would start to look at what's our next option is it are we drafting someone in two thousand and twenty one are we looking at the free agent list the trade opportunities I like it so i I think like just because he signed a new contract extension and he's been relatively good in the regular season throughout his career and had a great playoff game against the Saints doesn't mean that he's not close to maybe the edge of them making a different decision.
0: Offensive line-wise, I've got one above Elf line that I think is a legitimate hot seat. It's time to play really well, and it's not the left tackle because I think he's gone regardless, okay? How about this one, gentlemen? How about Garrett Bradbury? He's a first-round draft pick. He's going into year two. The expectation for for him, in my opinion, in year two should be enormous. Because we cut him, rightfully so probably, right? We cut him a ton of rookie slack. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that big yet. That's a tough position to play as a rookie. You're making a lot of line calls. You got the sweaty um, butt cheeks. That's a problem. We made, and you know what? That's all fine. But this is year two, and you are a... Dex's point with Mike Hughes, and he's right about this. You're a first round draft pick. Like this is not a well. You had a tough second year, but the third year might be an improvement because we signed you off the street. About Garrett Bradbury, let's put some pressure on Garrett Bradbury.
2: I don't mind that one. I mean, they drafted him. You know, some of it's just like you know, it's not his fault that they like he was drafted where he was drafted, and he's going to try as hard as he can. But from an expectation standpoint, I think the expectation when you draft a guy in the first round at that position is that he's like an eight year starting center for you. That he is Matt Burke. That he is John Sullivan wasn't that long, but like that, you're you're drafting a guy and you're grooming him to be the starting center and build cohesion for the better part of a decade if he can stay healthy. Absolutely. So I don't disagree with that one. It feels like year two of a four-year rookie contract with a fifth-year option might be a little early to start putting that kind of pressure on him. But he but can't play like he did last he year. Was
0: so bad last he year. Can't for be chunks. Up. He can't be picked up and yep. chucked in, into the second row in Green Bay. Nope. That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one.
2: Um all right, next uh, next item on the list here, Vikings training camp notes. So Kirk Cousins, I've got this one for you guys. All right. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I, saw,
0: oh, I saw this in the prep notes. Okay. I so did not did know this. This. From you.
2: this is so Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football mm-hmm. on NFL Network has his own podcast on the Ringer Network. It's called Ten Questions. He sits down with you know top NFL players, Aaron Rodgers was on a recent episode. And I think this episode comes out today or tomorrow. And he was talking to Ross Tucker on Ross Tucker's football podcast about his Kirk Cousins episode and, well, of the time he attempted for his 30th birthday party to hire Creed to play a private concert in his home and looked it up and had his agent get in touch with Creed's people and eventually balked at the price. And I'm like, Kirk. You you make a really good living. Everybody in the world knows how much money you make. This is your 30th birthday. You couldn't afford Scott staff to show up and sing Arms Wide Open for one night. You couldn't swing that. And he gets into a whole description of trying to hire it. So that's episode four. And that'll be out in a couple weeks from now. Um, How shocked are you guys that Creed is the band that Kirk Cousins has attached himself to here? I believe this isn't the first time we've heard that Kirk Cousins
1: loves himself some Creed. Least surprising thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And it's it's almost are you, are you out on Creed? equally as surprising that he said no once he figured out the price.
0: What do you <laughs> think the price was?
1: I'll go. I will go. It was in the six digits. I bet it was over a hundred thousand dollars. Right.
2: So I'm going to be honest. I've actually done some research on this inexplicably throughout the last ten years. You call Creed. There is a website, and I, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there is a website that has like a list of anyone you could ever imagine to make a musical appearance at a party or a private event or whatever it is. Okay. And the lowest prices are like $7,000. Like you can get like, you know, like some washed up, you know, C-level 80s band that's still around from like Nelson or what what's, what's that band? Nelson from like the late 90s. I oh, think yeah. I saw them on there. Ricky Nelson's
0: 80s. kids, yeah. Okay.
2: Um but the top acts tend to be more like 50,000 to 100,000. Like if you wanted Michael McDonald or someone to show up or whatever, like name your you know, somebody, somebody under Lady Gaga, but like kind of old and fifty dollars or $100,000 for them to show up and just play a private event. If you were rich, would you pay like $50,000 for a band to show up? If just right, with Dan. like your friends yeah. at a grill out party? Yes. Who, yes. We, who are we talking? Oh, who, who would you want?
0: Well, Don Henley. No. <laughs> no way. I'm not paying Don Henley $50,000. Sorry.
2: And he would probably want more than that. Bob Seger. I'm trying to think of guys from your childhood. Silver Bullet Band. Fifty grand. You're rich. They're
0: so old now. Yeah, might be hilarious. I, I guess if I'm, I guess.
2: If would you I'm ever rich. book just to be funny? Would you ever uh, rich book Hanson to just no. to just sing Um, Bob for fifty Mm-bop? grand? Those kids probably are now grand.
0: not attractive adults. I saw a picture of them. <laughs> they did not age well. They are not attractive adults. All right. That was a catchy little tune. Back in the day. It was. I think I was in my 20s back then.
1: I'm one of the few fans, of, uh, unlike a lot of our football reporting friends, who does enjoy country music. Now, I do think country music belongs in certain places, and it does not belong in others, i.e. I. the country. football field. That's all country. I like Top 40, what the public perceives Courtney as crappy country, country music. Wow. I'm a big fan of it. So I, I there's like three country artists I would probably would like to see. I'd like to see I'd like to see Chris Stapleton. So if you're rich, you're
2: going to pay forty grand for Chris Stapleton to just come hang out with you and
1: one thousand percent traveler. Or something? I would probably pay more than forty thousand dollars. Okay. Jeez. If I if well, you're if are assuming, yeah, I'm, well, assuming I'm a millionaire, yeah, I'm good. definitely okay. going to do like right. Kirk Cousins
2: has like a hundred million dollars in his checking account. So, but, yeah. it, but
0: he was too cheap and to book at Creed. At the price of Creed, what is that? My God. Does, does Creed does Creed's guy talk like he sings? I bet he does. With that guy. You think he shows up got, and, got talks, stamp, right? and talks to Kirk like that? <laughs> hey, buddy,
2: what's going I'm on? I'm six feet from the edge. He's got a great. I will say, he's got a great, distinct voice. Um. Anyways, moving on to the next update here. Oh wait, wait, wait.
0: I got a story though. Okay. So we. So the, the year. The I think it was the, the first year that I covered the Packers. In, in fact, it was the weekend of the uh, the Mouse at the Palace. The Packers were playing in Houston, and. My buddy Wilde hooked me up with a Houston uh, sports columnist, John McClain. Great guy. Yeah. And McLean knows everybody. He's sort of like the Sid of Houston. So he knows everybody, right? So this weekend, there were there were Packer fans who lived in Houston, including this one guy who was like a doctor or something. Anyway, super rich. He, in his backyard... I'm not kidding you, recreated the scene from like like the Ice Bowl. Like he brought in fake snow and stuck it in his backyard. His his maid's house was probably bigger than my house right yeah. now. And like the ticket to get, get in was a replica of the Ice Bowl ticket. He had a tennis court, huge ten, uh tennis courts, probably two of them, on which he built tents and a stage and he hired, I'm not joking, big Bad voodoo daddy yes, to come in and dude. play. That's great. And so we're in his That's back. Hilarious. And so we're in this guy's backyard. And of course, it's a mansion, so it's not lo- like there's h- houses nearby. You wanna, I've got. I've found the website. I know how much big bad. Voodoo It's daddy eleven costs. o'clock at night, and big bad voodoo daddy is playing. Dude, little zoot suit riot. That's great. It was Throw really good. Back a Bottle of beer. It was really good. But so, I'm saying they're playing in this guy's house in Houston or
2: backyard in Houston. I found this website. So big bad, v- how much do you think he paid Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Oh, this is two. This is a website that tells you what it costs to bring in for like if Kirk Cousins wants cream. Well, I mean,
0: there four. There were four or five of them, so it's not a small group. I guess at least a hundred thousand.
2: No, it was twenty five grand. Oh, that's it. Twenty five oh, grand. I could get yeah. them at my place, dude. I mean, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's not like they're big, but they're not like hundred grand big. Creed was a hundred grand. According to this website, but Kirk, has you're Kirk that. Cousins. You have a hundred million dollars in the bank. Are you, you blocking that. at Creed for a hundred grand? I, w-
0: I wonder if his family didn't know, like Kirk Cousins. Kirk, you can't it. do that, man. That's really stupid, Kirk. It's ridiculous. So only twenty five grand. Yeah.
2: How much would you? All right, one more, and then we'll get to the offensive line update. Here. This is okay. pretty
0: interesting, actually. All right, what if you I'm wanted?
2: Here. What if you wanted? Oh, this is amazing. Uh, All right, Katy Perry, five hundred I... five hundred thousand dollars.
1: I bet it's more. I'd put the over on that, unless you're saying, is it $500? I'm saying it's what $500. Oh, it. oh yeah. wow, wow. dollars So
0: she'd come to your house for that much? To play music. To play music. Well, right. I, know. I didn't, you sickos, <laughs> I didn't insinuate it. And To play music. I'm saying, to ply her craft, she's going to come to, to your house. To play music. For 500 Her craft is music. <laughs>
2: Just want to clarify.
0: For $500,000. <laughs> yes. Five hundred thousand dollars. You know what? I a big name. Kid Rock, two hundred thousand dollars. I'm not. No, not now. Come on, you got a. NFL quarterback. Back man. in you the day, I'm not paying him two hundred grand. Now he's not worth it anymore. You're Daughtry, two hundred thousand. That's Daughtry. a little. I love oh
2: Dottry. That's God. a little bit of a stretch. What's a Daughtry song? Uh, I don't know if there's any like mainstream ones.
1: No, he. Um...
0: I've heard of Dottry, but I don't know any songs. Uh, home,
2: home. I'm, no, I'm coming home. home. There you go. Oh, that
0: guy. That's, that's placed, I don't like that song that much. This is the greatest episode of Purple Daily we've ever done. It is. All right, training cam notes. Okay,
2: yeah, from the next? athletic offensive line shuffle here this yep, week. Uh-huh. The Vikings have indicated they're getting closer to deciding who will start at left guard, but their practice rotations raise more questions than answers. <laughs> Initially, the Vikings would have decoded Dozier start there and rotate on the first team uh, and alternate reps with Aviant Collins. Are we are we pronouncing the the e on the end of Aviant Aviante? I I thought it was Aviante,
0: but... Aviante Collins. Say whatever you want for right now Till Um, he wins a job.
2: Collins would then take reps on the third team at left guard while Ezra Cleveland worked with the second team at that position. After it seemed like the Vikings dialed down Collins' first team snaps, it looked like the answer was coming soon in the form of Dozier, a veteran familiar with Rick Dennison from his time with the Jets. But things became a little strange Mm -hmm. when Collins played on the second team and bumped Cleveland down to the third team, and even stranger when the offensive line one-on-ones against the defensive line ended with Cleveland taking snaps at left tackle, while Riley Reef took snaps at left guard. Our
0: intrigue. Riley
2: Reef taking snaps at left guard. So this was yesterday? Yes. Oh, so, oh, so maybe Cooper so wasn't telling the truth. Is it possible that Riley Reef has been the starting left guard all along and they've been smoke
0: screening it Ooh. until now?
2: Or do you think they're just mixing him in at left guard yes. as
0: precaution? Yes, I think they're doing that. I don't the think that. Uh, yeah, I mean the the uh, smoke screen storyline is really really fun, and it's a, a bit of a conspiracy theory that I embrace fully. But I my guess is that my guess is that it's going to be Reef at left tackle and Collins, or I'm sorry, and Dozier at left guard to start with. And I I also saw a report from somebody off practice yesterday that. Cleveland was mixing in with a third team at guard. Yeah. That's, yeah, that
2: was part of this snippet. Okay. Here. Yeah. So, anyway, so it's, it's I don't unlikely think, that
0: Cleveland's going to be starting to start. Sure. But I think if you were going to move Reef at this point in time, you've got to give him a fair chance to play left guard all of camp because you've got no games. I mean, there's nothing else. Pronunciation per the Vikings Avian A H capital V E E. Hyphen, O-N. Okay. Avian Collins. So it depends on But don't you don't yeah. you think that they're probably doing some things to to mix it up a little bit but the reality is I think what we're seeing for the majority of practices is what we're going to get initially. Uh initially. Yeah.
2: They don't have the luxury of doing like a two week no. smoke screen for the media thing which honestly sometimes when you have a full training camp I'm not saying that they base like they don't do like smoke screens like Know as the central portion of their training camp, but when you've got like a week and a half in Mankato, and then you have another month basically back in Eden Prairie, back in the day, yeah, you could get away with not showing some certain things in Mankato or doing something, and then changing it up for like you know your and we didn't see
0: that. I I got a theory though, so my theory might be this one. So Cleveland, so Collins and and Dozier have competed for the starting spot at left guard, and it looks like. Dozier, at least initially to start the season, is going to win that competition. What if Cleveland has been a disaster at guard? Like just a complete... But he can play tackle. So if they had to, worst case, Reef could probably slide inside worst case. So I'm not saying, hey, this is a good idea. But if all hell broke loose, you could slide Reef probably inside to hold up at guard. And then give um, Cleveland the left tackle spot. How about that one? That makes some sense, but that's that a bailout plan. That's not a that's yeah. not a plan. That's a good. plan. I think
2: Dakota Dozier is going to be your starting left guard, and I think it's just his job to lose. I think that's yeah. what's going to happen.
0: But if he gets, but let's say he gets hurt, and Kyle, I, I don't know, but I could see, I could see where they have tried Cleveland at guard. he might not be good there. Something else to think about. I mean, they still have all this cap space.
2: Here's something. So the season starts in like three weeks. Yep. If they were to bring on, let's say, let's say they bring on a cornerback. I I think the ship has sailed for bringing in an offensive lineman at this point. But like, does that guy have enough time? Like if they bring in, you know, whether it's via trade or via free agency still, because there's still some guys sitting out there, I could see a pass rusher. Like if you were to sign... Um, if you were to sign Javion Clowney or something, which I think I don't think that's going to happen at this point, like sure. you could plug that guy. In, hey, uh, just go after the quarterback. You're fine. But cornerbacks or offensive linemen, there's so much integration and there's so much you have to get a feel for in terms of system and communication with your yep. your fellow secondary and offensive linemen. I, I think I almost think bringing somebody in to start week one. I think the ship has sailed on that.
0: Oh, probably at, at certain yeah. Positions yeah. No, yeah. and I'm surprised. I really thought that that they would go out and address something. Didn't you? I did. Like once they've got twelve million, once million dollars once Pierce bailed in the on two thousand twenty, I really thought that they would say, Okay, let's just address something. And it might not work, but who mm-hmm. cares? Um or or if that was not going to be the case, that uh Cook might get the contract extension. Oh. Uh Declan, oh, I got, for two so far. I got one more for you. What's that?
2: Big country music guy, right? Yeah, I love it. Rascal Flats. Oh, God, I hate Rascal How much are you paying to bring Rascal <laughs> Flats in?
1: I thought you had no No, no, no. I, there, There's a lot of country music artists I like, and Rascal Flats is, I loathe them, but it's a good one. I would guess, I would guess 400000 Wow. Nailed it. Are you serious? $400,000. Nice. Yes.
0: Ding, play the ding. Big time. Yeah. Hold on a second. What's the difference between the people you like in country music and Rascal Flats, Dex?
1: Rascal Flats is like everything. Like, I hate the sound of his voice. I hate the sound of the singer's voice. He's very twangy, and I just can't stand what it. What about Toby Keith? Oh, uh Toby. God, I've seen Toby live. Um, I He's would like say Toby was probably I bet Toby's like 500. 350. 350? Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: I'll give you one more. Country guy here. It's just more in Judd's Judd's era. Right. Merle Haggard. You want to bring Merle Haggard in? He's still alive? I, I wouldn't know, actually. I, I can get him? Right. Listen. For what you'd be paying him, he better damn well still be alive.
0: Um, 400 grand.
2: 100 grand.
0: Oh. Mm. I should bring him to to the park tomorrow.
2: Hundred grand seems like a discount, unless he's not alive. In which case, they come in a prop
0: Prop him up. (laughs) Weekend of Bernie style. Hey, it's Merle
2: Haggard. (laughs) Uh, That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Come Uh, on, Kirk. Let let us know which musical artist you would pay hundred thousand dollars again. If you're if you're that rich, come on, man. It's only it's only a hundred thousand dollars. So
0: did Kirk just like play Creed CDs or uh, or uh, just play Creed songs? But, like, was Kirk, like so Kirk so cheap? Was Kirk so cheap? He just, like, took a boom box out. He's like, yeah, we got Creed here. Bombing
1: to ceiling. Hand <laughs> off to Delvin for more touchdowns this season. <laughs> with Kirk wide open. You like that? You like that? Pull out a Zulgad there. That's good. All right, we got to go. Okay.